So, have you heard the Melvin's acoustic version of Revolve yet? Yeah, it was dropped, I think, this week. No, um, but that's like what off Stoner Witch. It is off Stoner Witch. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good album. Yeah, do you want to hear a bit of acoustic version? Yeah, is it the one that goes do 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 no i can't tell you anyway. a lot of their songs do go a do 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 well, do the do. thing about that that stoner witch album yeah is that like the first four or five songs almost sound like one song because they're like you know what i mean yeah they which, all meld together i think that's a great thing yeah oh, it is a great thing it's just sometimes it's hard to decipher I know Revolve is in one of the first four or five songs yeah. on that album, but exactly which one of them it is, I'm not sure. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty great. You'll recognize it. good hot take hot take i'm not into it not into it i was into it until they started singing and i okay. don't i don't understand what they have like is is that a bunch of um king buzzo uh overdubbing himself or mm. is that a group of people singing in the band that's a good question i'm because not sure i love that song mm -hmm. i was really into it At until the they started singing which is the case for a lot of music and i don't get yeah, I just don't get the choice there. Would you have preferred an instrumental? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, it sounded good. It's, it was weird because, you know, like typically when somebody releases an acoustic version of a song, they don't have, you know, full drums in the background. As Melvin's would. I, I was down with it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like Del Grover. I think acoustic suits them pretty well musically. I mean, if they execute like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe King Buzzo's voice is just not what it once was, like, during, you know, the Stoner Witch days. Very possibly. Anyway. You, you would know better than me in that, uh, that case. is a long Melvin's fan. Yeah. But uh, I, I enjoyed it, Stoner, for sure. Stoner Witch is probably their best album. That's a very good album. That and uh, Stag, I really like as oh, well. I've heard her Houdini. Houdini's great. Album cover's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, a classic. Frank Kozik piece of artwork. Right. We were talking about Frank Kozik once before. Yeah. What's his deal? He used to uh, draw super cool concert posters mm -hmm. for alternative or band, just bands in general uh, in the 90s. Yeah, and his artwork became famous. What other bands did he do? Any anyone that you could name. Really? Yeah. Speaking of uh, visual artists, I was watching some Vice stuff this afternoon. Okay. Uh, David Cho, who you introduced oh, me to. Oh man, he's one of my favorite people in the world. That that guy's really cool. I'm starting to understand why, but he did a a Vice 
yeah. docu show. Yeah, yeah. The hitchhiking. Yeah, I know about it. So he, the first one that I watched that he yeah. did, he hitchhiked with his cousin, I think, or Whoever a relative. Yeah. Um, from Tijuana to the North Pole. Yeah. Amazing shit. They're breaking into train cars and David Cho is like <laughs> he is a legit dude. Like, oh yeah, he he. He really just, you know, when he does something, he does it like, and that's part of his problem, right? Because he goes full in. Yeah. He goes full in sometimes and doesn't have a limiter Mm -hmm. and gets him into trouble. But I am, I don't know. I absolutely love that guy. I wish there was more of him out there to consume content wise. Do you mean um, like more of just his stuff? Well, I don't people like him. I don't know if we've ever talked about it before, but he used to do a podcast with um I don't know if you ever heard of the porn star Asia Akira. I have. Yeah. He used to do a, pon- a podcast with her called DVD ASA. It stands for uh double vag, double anal sensitive artist. Oh. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. So he's she's going. The, she's heavy the with double it. vag, double anal, and he's the sensitive artist. That's pretty funny. And it's the most incredible podcast that is no more uh, because of Dave. Was it canceled? You know what? I think yeah, it actually was canceled before, like even Me Too. Okay. Yeah, he basically told a story that made it sound made it sound like he may have had non consensual sex with someone. I've read about this today. Yeah, and I I think you know like it's just Dave. Like that's just the way he tells a story. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think that he actually sexually assaulted somebody. You know what I mean? And well, he's I into mean, a lot of weird shit as well. If you see any content from the individual. Nothing is ever being done in a serious manner. Yeah, I mean, other than just anyway. I th- I think it was just unfortunate that 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 conversation happened or went that way, and I'm sure he regrets telling that story the way he told it. Um, but it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't diminish him for me. Not that I don't care about people who are, you know, He's, sexually assaulting people or not. It's just that I feel like. I don't know. Just from all the content of his that I've created, I don't feel that he has that in him. But that's really a stupid thing to say from somebody who has a parasocial relationship with a content creator. Yeah, I was reading about this today because I was like, "Man, this guy's fucking insane." I want to know a bit more about him. Um, and he's come out and apologized for these comments, <clears throat> and has said that it was mainly like it's a work of fiction that. Right, that's doing what I'm telling, here telling like a story, and you know, and the guy people, is like an out there artist, and I don't know the whole story, but it wouldn't be, at least from what I've seen from the person, it wouldn't be beyond him to just say something ridiculous and absurd. Okay, a little bit of context. Yeah, David Cho is famous because um, when Facebook moved into their house when they first got started as a company, um, Sean Parker. The guy who uh, I believe was responsible for what? It's, he's, uh, sh- Hold on a sec. He's responsible for one of those old music services. I can't remember what it's called. Napster. Napster, exactly. So Sean Parker was involved in Facebook early on and 
responsible for Napster, and he commissioned David Cho to paint this wall in the house that they were using as their headquarters. And David Cho did the work, and when it came time to get paid, Sean Parker didn't have the money, so he gave him shares of Facebook. And when Facebook went public, the day that Facebook went public, those shares became worth over $200 million. And he became the um, highest paid artist for a single piece of artwork in history that day. Yeah. Yeah. And when that happened, he did an interview with Howard Stern. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He did an interview with Howard Stern. And that's the first time I heard about him. And then I went and found his podcast and... Yeah, so on and so the forth. Television show and everything, but yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, he's the most real person I think I've ever heard. The guy's uh, legit for sure, and I mean, yeah, context is always important when somebody's saying something. The person, sh- uh, the person, David Cho should have probably been a bit more careful, but I think if in, you in actually listen to things it, that are being said, if you listen, okay, if you if it was the first time you were listening to that podcast yeah. and you heard that, okay. You might be like, whoa. Yeah. But if you had been listening all along and understand, um, you know, where where David's coming from. Um, the point of absurdism. Yeah. Uh, you'd understand that, you know, it wasn't, the story wasn't told with any sort of negative or malice or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah. totally remember that. I remember that exact episode when that happened. I was like, oh my God. Crazy stuff to see. And <clears throat> excuse me. One thing that I noticed in the, in the episode, they found this like uh, graffiti in some old warehouse. It was like the night they're staying there. And Cho was pointing out the art that was underneath the graffiti that was on top. So multiple people had painted over the same thing and then just pulled out a can of spray paint and brought out like all the lines from behind the background into the foreground with his own style and like brought out the original drawing and then analyzed it as an artist. I'm like, that was really cool to watch, man. Just somebody who's so skilled in the techniques of visual art. Um, dude, we're going down a wormhole here right now. I because, guess we are. Okay. So Dave, like, I, like we've been saying, he yeah. kind of like wears his heart on his sleeve and then some. Yeah. So you always kind of know where this dude is at because he's letting you know. Um, Very brash. He got to a point where he felt like there was too much um, shit going on in his life. Um, so he decided like he wanted to get into a creative mode. So he rented a cabin somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Like I think in Mo- it was in Montana, I believe. Mm-hmm. And got them to drive him out there uh, and left him with, you know, some recording equipment, um, his, his painting supplies and uh, some food or whatever. And he had like, you know, grocery deliveries coming in, blah, blah, blah. And he started doing these shows like four hour show about what he calls the Cho method. And he explains how to succeed as, in his case, an artist. But you could apply this to anything. Mm -hmm. And he did, I think, three volumes of it. 
and it's absolutely incredible like huh yeah like i if you can get your hands on on it i would i would download it or get it somewhere and listen to it because the dude is just so cerebral Mm -hmm. you know and the shit he's talking about he's like it's the truth like you know like when he's just saying like he's he's not he's basically elaborating on uh was it tim ferris and his ten thousand hours yeah yeah it's he's chose basically elaborating on getting into the fine details of the ten thousand hours interesting i haven't read the book no me neither but it's a simple concept that you know if you want to perfect something or become good at something it's was, gonna take you about Gladwell. 10, oh is that malcolm gladwell outsiders i think oh okay well that makes sense either way uh you know the idea i'm sure tim ferris also uses that yeah principle it doesn't matter yeah malcolm gladwell can have it um yeah the idea that if you spent ten thousand hours doing something that you're gonna get good at it you don't necessarily have to have a talent or mm-hmm. a knack, knack for it yeah I think 10,000 hours at anything would get you pretty proficient. Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, like, unless you're really good at wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. You, uh, you also showed me the film Bad Lieutenant. Oh, that's a classic. Bad Lieutenant starring... Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of the best scenes ever. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, and there was a remake, by the way, or whatever you call it, with uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh. Yeah, I never saw it. Honestly, Nick Cage is a great role or a great actor for that role. Not really. He's, and I, I, I shouldn't say anything because I haven't actually gone and seen it because I don't, don't want to see it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Harvey Keitel uh, plays this cop. And... It basically takes place during uh, the MLB playoffs and he keeps betting. I think he's betting on the Dodgers. Dodgers Mets. Yeah. And it's in the Mets are actually his team, but he's betting on the Dodgers and they're like, uh, the Mets are down like uh, three games and you know, nobody's ever come back from three games down in a series or it's only happened once, you know, you know, how that shit works yeah and basically he's betting against the mets and he's telling his police friends that also bet that bet through him through his bookie um he's telling them to bet on uh the mets while he's betting on the dodgers and so the money that he's losing he doesn't have enough money to cover their bets so he just cut, keeps soaking them in, and he's like, "There's no way the Mets can win another game," yet they do, you know. And so this is going on throughout the whole movie. The guy's into prostitutes. He likes to smoke heroin. Um, there's a scene where uh, the convenience store is robbed, and he arrives on the scene, and you know the cops already caught the two young kids that are accused of. Uh, robbing the store and the store clerk is owner or whatever is there saying, you know, they stole $400 and they're like, we don't have it. We don't have it. And you know, he tells the cop to take the store owner out or get his, take him down to the station and yeah, book him. Exactly. Or no, or not the book sto- him, but the store owner, <laughs> right. He's getting, getting a statement or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, Harvey Keitel pulls out his gun and just shoots 
shoots it in the store and says, give me the fucking money. And the kids whip out the $400 and he puts it in his pocket and he tells them to get the fuck out of here. It's amazing. And like this guy, did we mention that he was a cop? Yeah. Okay. Started okay off. I'm he's, sure you did. He's bad Lieutenant. Right. <laughs> but just as a, as the perfect role for Harvey Keitel, it seems he is, he's an incredible actor. He's really, he's good. really underestimated. Obviously everybody remembers him from the reservoir dogs. Of course. Yeah. But he's been in other Tarantino movies. He was in Pulp Fiction. He was, yeah, he was the cleanup guy, the wolf. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was directed by Abel Ferreira and Zoe Lund. Okay. So I'm not familiar. So Zoe Lund, if you've seen the movie, um, there's a, a scene where Harvey Keitel goes back to his heroin girlfriend's apartment and she shoots him up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching the scene. I'm like, but fuck, the, man. Like, that, that is so real. It is real. But just to throw in a little bit of context. Yeah. He's uh, he's really traumatized by the rape of a nun. Yeah, it's a really And that's story. kind of what's pushing him down this you know downward spiral yeah right so it's just good to you know it's it was described goes, yeah. on the uh on the service that i was watching it on as a analysis of a cop like losing his mind in in new york pretty much as a as a bad lieutenant but anyway um there's a scene where he's getting shot up by this lady i'm like when i say shoot up i mean with drugs and it looks so realistic so i had to look it up that was Zoe Lund, the, the lady who was shooting him up. So oh. she co-directed and wrote it. Wow. And was also a massive junkie who advocated heroin use hmm. for recreational and medicinal purposes. Um, so I didn't get a exact uh, confirmation that that was a real scene. You used to be able to buy heroin over the counter. You used to be able to, yeah. for sure. So, I mean... She ended up dying in Paris in 1999 from cocaine-induced heart failure. So, wow, Zoe didn't do very well, but um, it was interesting to see, like, because it's a very real scene, and to yeah, see how all of those that was scene, impacted. All of those scenes are very real. Yeah, I wonder how, how real those drugs actually were. You know, who knows? Who knows? Especially, you know, Harvey is such a good actor. Yeah, he's probably either. Like you said, maybe the drugs are real or, you know, he just maybe has some experience. Yeah. He's a, a hard looking man for sure. Yeah, the guy goes full, uh, full nudity in the film. Yeah. And he's like crying and like yeah. doused in alcohol, dick out. He's questioning like his existence as a man yeah, and a person he well, would in be general, in. like as a father, as a cop, you know, as a man, like you said, it's really good. Yeah. It's a great film. I watched it again the other day. It's so good. Yeah. I've just been going back to anything that was very well made. Like that's what I can just pass my time with. It was a, it was a great movie. Good stuff. Yeah, man. But we're currently experiencing a thunderstorm outside. It's exciting stuff here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For those of you uh, watching the video version (laughs) of the podcast. Yes. If you hear any loud bangs. That's what's going on. So, um, Wendy's. Right, Wendy's. Wendy's is supposed to be, I think, supposed to have already happened. But Wendy's is supposedly releasing their new French fries. 
they're changing their French fries. Yeah, their French fries are already really good, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, obviously, fresh is best, but um, fresh is best. Yeah, they're saying that these new French fries are two times crispier and will remain crispy for a much longer duration. They're designed to remain crispy. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, you think about all the major fast food chains. Obviously, people think, or most people would probably agree that McDonald's French fries are the best. But I would say that they have to be fresh. If they're they not do. fresh, yeah. and then it doesn't matter. They're garbage. Is it that they're the best French fry at McDonald's or the most distinct and regular? Maybe. I don't know. I think I just feel like consistent, I should say. Yeah. I'm, I think there are other places that have better French fries. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, like you said, if they're just, uh, you know, well known and they've got tons of locations. So most people that have ever tried French fries have probably tried a McDonald's French fry. Yeah. You I know think what I mean? most people have tried McDonald's French fries yeah. if you're in a developed area of the world. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, it's argu- arguably known as the best french fry out there but wendy's is actually trying to change this yeah and And that's the campaign they're running yeah and so these fries i'm pretty sure i read that they were supposed to launch um on the 15th of september okay in both the u.s and canada but i'm gonna tell you i went to wendy's on the 15th because i wanted to see if they had them and they just had their regular fries. I didn't, obviously, I didn't ask for them. You should have asked. No. <laughs> is it, uh, is it being advertised? I haven't seen no, anything about it. No, 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 no. I've been, I've been, I checked their social media to see, cause I, I know I was doing research for the story, the story for the show here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, I even considered tweeting at them. Like, you know, when are those new fries going to drop? What? <laughs> when you drop in the fries. So, um, the quote from the senior specialist of culinary and innovation at Wendy's mm-hmm. says that these fries are a cut above the rest and says that um, one side is built for heat retention and the other for crispiness. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a new day for fries at Wendy's. We're able to deliver a crispier fry that is preferred nearly two to one over our competitors competitor mcdonald's wow yeah that's a pretty this is exciting stuff man it truly is because i mean when it not that you know fast food is so great or whatever but you know mcdonald's is definitely some low quality food i was having a conversation today with a friend about this there's nothing wrong with having mcdonald's but when it comes down to it, it's very low quality it's not good and no. it's not good for you no wendy's <laughs> I find at Wendy's least Wendy's is fresh. It's pretty fresh. They, uh, I know for a fact that I know they they make this claim, but I know it's true because of uh, an industry that my father worked in. Yeah, um, that they do only use fresh, never frozen beef. Really? Yes. They get fresh beef delivered on the reg. That's fantastic, and honestly, yeah. you can taste the difference. I must say. Their burgers are good. The Baconator is my favorite fast food burger. Their Baconator is good, but I feel like they could up their level of bacon quality. 
I've always found it to be pretty good. It's like an applewood kind of thing. Right. But I, maybe it's just, for me, it's just a little bit undercooked, the bacon. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, like I, a, I hear that. I like, I like a more crispier bacon. I also like a crisp bacon. Yeah. But still chewy enough. Sure. Not I mean, maybe it's, it's hard to reach that, uh, you know, balance. But I don't know. I think that if they're going to the trouble of, you know, improving their French fries like this, with science there um, has to be science involved i think that like you know maybe they could put the same effort into the, their bacon especially being that the bacon eater is so popular you should email them no i was like i said i was hoping i was going to mention it on social media but i don't really not much of the social media artist no it's a difficult thing i do see what you're saying because there's some elasticity to the bacon and the baconator at times. Oh, that's a that's a great way to to describe it. You know, it's it's. I want more of a bite than a pull. Right. Yeah. It should be effortless to uh, take a bite of that bacon. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sometimes it's a little chewy. Um, you don't necessarily get all of it. Nope. Yeah. How about the frosty though? That's a good malt. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm a big fan of it, and it's well priced. My problem, biggest problem with that is uh, they got the sizes all fucked up. Why? So if you, when you order a large uh, fountain pop, yeah, um, they give you like this gigantic uh, white plastic cup. Yes. But when you order a large frosty, they give you the medium sized cup that they use for fountain pop. Where is that truly large frosty? No, no, I'm just saying like why why don't they why don't they offer it in the not that you should ever have it. Yeah, but sometimes probably, you want it. You could probably only fill 3 of those cups before the machine gets empty. <laughs> They're so big. But it's just that, you know, when I'm sit, when, the first time I ordered a large frosty, I had pictured that it was going to be this monstrosity. And then when I got to the window and they handed me a medium cup, I was, I'm going to say a little disappointed. Yeah, that's pretty fair. High expectations, high risk. Yeah. But it's a, it's a delicious treat. I also like that they only have one flavor. No, they don't. They have, what? They have two flavors always, vanilla There's- and chocolate. Right now they have three flavors. What? They are running a uh, caramel latte malt as well. I don't know how I feel about that. Have you had Me it? neither. No, I haven't tried it. Every time I've asked for a Frosty, it's always just been... Right. The, if you just order just a Frosty, yeah. you get a chocolate for sure. Hmm. Because that's that was the standard. But they always have vanilla. It's, I it's pretty good. I only tried a vanilla once. It wasn't... Not, it wasn't malty. Nothing special? No, there wasn't enough malt. Is malt an ingredient? No, it's uh, it's like a flavor. I'm not sure it's a process, you know, like malted milk. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a lifestyle. I don't know. Maybe I think it's just the way the milk is processed. Interesting. I'll have to look more into this. Yeah. Set up a malt shop, maybe. Um, okay, this is get into a little science here there is a virtual universe created recently i don't know if you saw this i did i didn't read it i saw the the headline though it's pretty cool um the name of the so it's a universe simulator 
It's called Uchu, U-C-H-U-U, which in Japanese means outer space. Okay. Um, it's a simulation consisting of 2.1 trillion particles, and I don't really understand this, but in a computational cube composed of sides, each ranging 9.6 light years. So I guess you cube that and you get the amount of space in this system, I guess. Um, so their simulation generated a artificial universe, which is focusing mainly on large structures like galaxies and galaxy clusters. Um, planets and stars are not resolved. Um, but this computer called Aterru 2 is a supercomputer and generated three petabytes of data. Not sure exactly what that comes up to. It's a shit ton of data. Um, and it's free for anybody to download if they want to use it. <laughs> if you but, have a few petabytes so they, available they, in your hard drive. They compressed it down to 100 terabytes. And I was still, I was looking through it. I'm like, ah, maybe I can download it. And then saw the size. Terabytes? I'm like, I cannot download no. this. Absolutely not. Um, you need to have some infrastructure for that. You definitely would. The I didn't write it down, but they, they gave the computer hours used and everything. It's so what is, what is it going to be used for? So pretty much it's a simulation run that allows you to move through time and see how matter most likely interacted with oh. each other to build our world. So like Big Bang simulation using the principles of physics and chemistry as we know them to mm. set that into, into a computer model and see if we're right on these things, then it's likely that the galaxies and things formed in these ways. Um, and you can move through time. So the, the big thing about it is the, the time movement that researchers, yeah, that researchers can do. So it's a tool for astrophysicists and people like that. And it's, Pretty cool, cool shit. Yeah. And also nice that anyone, if you have this space, can access it. I think it'd be awesome to have it serviced in a more friendly manner. People could just log on, but I have no idea as to how that would be done. Yeah, it's, it's over my head. Me too. But cool stuff. And I hope to one day mess around with this stuff. Julio. Julio, Julio. Is that out of the brule? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's like a transition. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I do as I, well. I would like to start using it more in between, in between stories. Can I hear it again? Sure. That's fantastic. Like science minute with B Rock. With B Rock and and Bringo. Yeah. So uh salt. Salt. Yeah. So I don't know if I heard somebody say this or I read it somewhere, but salt is the only thing that isn't dead or alive that we consume. Everything else was was either, is either alive or was alive. Huh. Yeah, think about that. I don't agree. Okay. What are we constituting as a thing? What do you mean? 
I mean, I'm thinking of like salt, magnesium, salt potassium. Is the, salt is the only rock that we eat regularly. Yeah. It's just it's more like, of a crystal, isn't it's, it? Uh, no, it's considered a rock. Is it considered a rock? Yeah, I looked it up. Salt formations? Yeah, salt rocks. Huh. Anyway, it was just a, like a shower thought. I don't know if I agree with this. Well, you're welcome to... You're getting minerals, you're getting yeah, but, small vitamins. But those those are things that you don't necessarily see with your eye that you eat. You know, those are things that are, you know, byproducts of the things you eat. But at the end of the day, it's just salt is salt, sodium chloride. Yeah. What's the difference between that and magnesium? I don't know. Not much. A few. Was magnesium alive? No. And nor was sodium or chlorine, but we eat Hmm. magnesium. We eat potassium and bananas. I think you've just debunked this. I disagree with it fully. Yeah. Hmm. Because, I mean... I, salt is an interesting one, though, in the fact that it is mainly made up of just two elements. But I guess you have mineral deposits and things from the ocean. Yeah. So that changes it. Yeah. But uh, I call malarkey. Duly noted. <laughs> um, I, I, we were talking about this off air a bit. Been really into the Mars Volta again. Right. It's been a, It's been a while since I've listened to them. Kind of grew up listening to some of their stuff, especially mm-hmm. around, uh, you, excuse me, you and, uh, our collective friend, but I've been getting back into Francis the mute. Okay. The album. I think that's one of their betters. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. One of their better albums for sure. Bedlam also fantastic, but I think I might that's enjoy my favorite it. one. I feel like, yeah, because it's like, it's so fucking crazy. Like it's very experimental. It is. And I really like that. You know, I find that for some reason, because that album is so out there and so experimental that I don't know, it stands out from their other albums for me. I like like their other albums, Deloused, right? Yeah. Francis Mute, blah, blah, blah. Everybody likes those albums. Yeah. Yeah. But Bedlam is just weird. And like, it's almost like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but like, I don't know. Like when they were making that album, they were like playing with like a Ouija board and like some weird shit was happening. Really? Yeah. And so like, I feel like the album has sort of a occult, feel to it Hmm. in a lot of ways and some of the lyrics also have that and i don't know i just i really like it yeah it's a fantastic album yeah for me that's and there's a drumming change yeah those years too uh, i think it was that the first album with the new drummer i think it was yeah yeah fantastic music i find francis the mute has more pink floyd stylings Mm-hmm. In, in terms of their style, Bedlam and Goliath definitely is probably the most distinct album. It's crazy. They, know, they got like as well. a whole horn section. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic crazy, music. Crazy saxophone. Those guys were keeping it real. Yeah. When I saw them, well, I saw them live a couple of times. The first time I saw them live, they were opening for, I think, Nine Inch Nails. That's pretty cool. A long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
and I wasn't really paying attention to them. Like I, I think we arrived while they were finishing up their set and I saw them do one or two songs and never really paid attention to them. And then you saw them for, open for the Chili's as well, right? No, I never, no? Went, I never went to a Chili Peppers concert. I would never go to one. Right. I keep forgetting about this. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Um, not but no, they, they did a small show at a club in the West End and took like a handful of mushrooms. Nice. Went there and uh, it was like a very small show, like <clears throat> maybe three or four hundred people. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody somebody threw a drink or something at them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And they, they couldn't remember, handle it. No, I remember like Cedric Pixler, Valara or whatever his fucking crazy name is. Yeah. Um, he like, they like stopped the show and they're like, you know, honestly, we don't have the money to fix this shit if you break it. So please don't throw your drinks at us. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, these guys are, you know, living it. They're on the grind. Yeah. They definitely are touring nonstop. Yeah, I immediately went to their merch table and bought a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you're uh, appreciating that now as well. Yeah, I have a couple of cool Mars Volta shirts that I might fit into again one day. I'm realizing that I I don't want to wear any of my concert shirts anymore. Oh, you got to wear them. What's the point of having them? Keepsakes? No. Got to I'm telling you right now, I thought about a lot I have a lot of concert shirts. Yeah. And I thought about saving them, and now I look back and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I only saved one. Which one was it? The Neil Young uh, autograph one. I mean, I did wear it a couple of times, and uh, it definitely could have needed to be washed, but I didn't want to... No, you can't fuck with that. Fuck with the marker? No, I wouldn't be wearing that one either. No, I've got that one. It's it's nice, but it's dirty. I've, I've been going to shows for quite a while, and recently, I mean, over the past five or six years... I haven't been buying t-shirts. I almost, all, I almost I do. always do. Really? Unless I'm on like heavy drugs yeah. and just can't stand in line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always do. I try to always. That's, like I have, that's smart. I have tool shirts from, fuck, like three different tours. Yeah, that is that is pretty great. Yeah. I think the last purchase was that poster. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was the one that talked you into it. Yeah, we were... You were not tripping that day. No, I was sick. You were that sick. That was at the Queens show. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age. And uh, we were going into the venue and JP quickly hurried me over to the... I just saw it out of the corner of my booth. eye and I was like, holy fuck, we've got to get that. For the podcast uh, listeners, it's a a satanic goat dancing yeah, like with a, a lady in a mask. Yeah. And it's one of like 300, 400, I think. I don't even know. I have, mine is still in the tube. Yeah. We have one in the tube over there, but it was a great purchase and unique concert stuff, stuff that you always cherish for sure. Yeah. yeah. And fun to look at when you're messed up. Yeah. It's, uh, it's necessary. That's Definitely. why another thing that I like about these plants that I've recently purchased. Oh my God. Are you still talking about those plants? Pretty fun to look at when you're fucked up. <laughs> what kind of fucked up? Mainly on the acid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else we got going on? I wanted to talk to you about grinders, about weed grinders. Right. You did. Yeah. 
So you're very particular with just, your, your just, weed grinders. Yeah, just hold on a sec. So this is my perception, okay? Yeah. So every time I used to come over here, you guys have this fucking dumbass, gunked up, $10 fucking grinder. It wasn't quality. No. And it's if anybody out there uses a grinder, you know that they can get gummed up and even like impossible to turn. Right. So I would come over here. These guys are more grinder users where yes. I used to be more of a scissors user. Now I'm kind of about 50-50. Um, anyhow, I'd come over here. I would use the grinder. It would get locked up. These guys never said anything to me, but I could tell that he's looking at me, in particular B-Rock is looking at me. He's like, it's because, and he had never said this, it's, it's because you turn it both ways. I can see him thinking it in his head because I'll turn the grinder both ways. You're to the right incorrect. and to the left. I also turn my grinder both ways. Okay, so then what was the look that you used to give me when it would lock up like I was doing something wrong? More like try harder. I no. think that's the look. No. It was completely <laughs> locked. It was completely locked. It was a piece of fucking garbage. We've upgraded. I've upgraded since. You know, not not you haven't upgraded to the creme de la creme though. Does your does your grinder like vibrate? No. No, I've run across a few of those grinders. What do you I, need that? You I guess some people want to <laughs> want to shake the the trichomes off the bud. Are you fucking kidding I'm me? I'm not fucking kidding you. This is some dumbass shit. It is readily available on this the market. This thing and the, it might be a butt thing actually. I, this I could thing be wrong. And my other my other canister grinder. Yeah. They both do a great job at collecting pollen. I've removed my chamber that collects the pollen, so it's just the weed that's ground up. The the grinder that I bought is modular. Yeah. Most are. I know when I saw it marketed, I'm like, they all come apart. What's what's the difference between these right. these modes? Um, but yeah, it's uh, no pollen. Just all the all the the pollen is on the wheat. Get the full experience. Right, but I'm, what it's I'm great. saying is that these canister grinders collect a ton of pollen. Hmm. Like how much are we talking? Enough to make some hashish? Oh yeah, I have like a a container full of pollen at home. I've been saving it. I was going to use it uh, to turn into oil. You should just make some hash. Yeah. Press it, a bit of heat. No. Nah. Nah? Nah. I'd rather stick to the real hash. I'm pretty sure it's one and the same. No, I mean like properly Professionally processed. made. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to find good hash it around is. here. It has to be. It, the only way to get good hash is to get it imported. Yeah. There's lots of good stuff in the east part of Canada. Shout out to Eastern Canada and the great hash supplies. Mm. Yeah. We were supposed Pandering to have some to our hash base. tonight. We were. We were indeed. So, a uh, little update on the Zodiac. If you're not familiar, this is uh, this drug dealer that we found on social media that had... Uh, some pretty interesting wares mm -hmm. link in the description of the podcast. If you want to check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so today 
we decided to contact him and try and make a purchase. Yes, we did. And you want to tell tell the story? We we got ripped off, folks. We we got ripped off. It's it's unfortunate, but we Are you sure? I'm going to check the other account. This is all happening live. Yeah. Just so you know, we're still in the the dude the belly isn't of the replying beast. anymore after uh we sent him some crypto. Yeah. And um you know, we went into this knowing that that was yeah. a, a pretty oh, yeah. high possibility. 100% for sure. But um it's a shame and you this guy was, it was an elaborate scam. Well, and I don't want to speak too yeah, soon. I wouldn't call it a scam just yet, but, but I've contacted this person now through two different accounts as a means of checking replies and they haven't replied to either of them. Yeah. So that doesn't seem sus to me, but we were speaking for quite a while. They said they had a person on the way. No. Well, at some point they did. Oh yeah. Okay. And then we had uh, a few issues and other, other things, but yeah, I don't know. I think they got us, JP. I think they got us. Do you still us. have the chat? No, it deletes automatically. Oh, that's so fucking crazy because the dude sent like was sending like instructions, very specific. And one <laughs> one of the instructions was <laughs> like um when the delivery driver arrives, you will have 5 minutes inside the car to inspect the goods. Yeah. yeah. I believe that was verbatim. Yeah. What was said. And that was just like, wow, that's some crazy ass shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it, that, Who needs I just five need, minutes I to can check just it look out? A piece of hash and know if it's hash. Or is that not. hash or shit? Yeah. And it is hash. All right. We're good to go. <laughs> anyway. But no, it, uh, at least we tried it out. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated if anything else changes. Things could change. Yeah. They may change during, right, during the episode here. But, uh, for the moment, I think, I think they got us. Thanks for sticking with us through it, though. Oh, it's fun. I'm honestly, I'm down to uh, find some other ones and try them. Yeah, yeah. It's see, that's an option. But like I said, it's always the dark web, or the non-light web, if you will. Yeah, it's just, it's just cool to think that it's much easier. Like that's a, that, that's a very, it's a week long process or yeah, or more true. It's just, it was just interesting to think that you could just randomly search some, some bullshit on social media, find somebody with an inventory of everything. (laughs) We were so excited too. Yeah. I was pretty excited. Fortunately, it's not like we don't have any weed around here. No, it's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was worth it. It was. Yeah. I agree. I was reading uh, this thing from Nature the other day. The title is Birds of Paradise. Hashishi. Hashishi. What? Hashishi. Oh, some hashishi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you got that one. Well, I don't even remember what that was from. Oh, it was, it was from a documentary. Yeah, where the dude was like in Morocco or something. and he was, Lebanon? Oh, was in Lebanon? I think it was Lebanon. He was interviewing the... Uh, the hash makers and they don't call it hash. They just keep calling it. Hashishi. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was all subtitled, I think too. Right. Yeah. You showed me a little bit. The farmer looked like a really cool motherfucker. Dude. Um, hanging out. I would love to go to like Morocco and I'd go to Morocco for sure. Hang out in the hash part. Hell yeah. Smoke hash for a week. And 
There's plenty of videos on the YouTubes. Of what? People smoking hash? Actually. I know you can go there and smoke hash. I know lots of people do. Yeah. This is a good thing to bring up. Uh, Strain Hunters is something that I used to watch when I was a bit younger, and I went back to it. Um, Were they trying to collect seeds? Yeah. It's the guy from Greenhouse Seeds in Amsterdam. Uh, I remember th- I remember this story from a long time ago. Did like, I bring it up on the podcast? No, no. I, I think I read about it in like High Times or something. Yeah, he, Armin something. And they've created like a, a whole bunch right, of Right, they kept going around breeds. the world and ripping off everybody's weed and like basically trademarking or patenting it as their own. Interesting. That is that is one way of looking at it. There are, so there's seven strains of weed like endemic to the world okay and they pretty much went to the places where those seven strains were still alive and well right. and then just interbred the strains so i mean in a way yes they're they're taking the the product of other people but they also created uh some some crazy new genetics just yeah, by i just didn't like the idea that they were trying to have trademark over these particular strains that they were, you know, stealing from the country essentially and other countries and just, yeah, that's going back to Amsterdam. That's a very good point. I agree. I was trying to look up some of their strains that they made, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Lots of high times wins, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cup. Yeah. But, uh, I always thought it was pretty interesting. They go in with the community find all the good strains of pot and do their genetics. Yeah. There is definitely something to be said for that. To what extent do they give back to the community? I'm not sure. They, I, th- I think they just pay like guides to take them out to these places. I remember Most that. Likely. I remember the, yeah. the seeing some footage of it and yeah, they were just like paying locals to take them out there. They'd find this and then get, they get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed really I don't know. I didn't like it. Exploitative. I don't know, like cult, some sort of, you know, neo-colonialism. Yeah. Yeah, to a point for sure. I I also think the weed genetic side is pretty cool stuff too. Oh, for sure. Um, so like I was saying, I was reading this article from Nature and it's talking about the super black feathers of a bird, the paradise rifle bird in Papua New Guinea. Okay. And you've probably, anyone who's seen uh, Planet Earth, the dancing bird, mm-hmm. very dark feathers, and... I, I don't really, I don't like that one, because that's the color one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that I, bird's I in, that like, part. all the Planet Earths. But... Uh, he makes an appearance. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, with super black things, they'll absor- absorb more light. Mm-hmm. So researchers at Yale were working, I forget what department it was in, but uh, materials manufacturing. And they took the makeup of the feather and matched the like the super black coating on the leaves, and, or not the leaves, the, the feather, excuse me, and applied it to uh, manufacturing. So they're looking into using this specific shade of black and material composition to increase um jesus solar panels there we go okay solar panels where you were going that is where i was trying to go with it um but it's just this specific shade absorbs wavelengths at a a higher degree than 
different colors of black or different shades of black. Hmm. So that's pretty cool in a pretty simple, simple way to absorb more energy. So it absorbs uh, 99.965% of all visible light. Wow. That's a lot of light. It needs to be able to transfer it into energy somehow. That is the issue. That is definitely the issue. And storage. Yeah. Of that energy. But we've spoken about that before. Always cool to see an intersection with real life and manufacturing of materials. Yeah, for Inspiration sure. from nature. I think, yeah. I think lots of things have come from that. Mm-hmm. This fucking Zodiac guy. He got us. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we haven't, this haven't heard the end of this story. I hope not. Well, we'll see. It's not a big deal. Did you ever get into Fever Ray? Fever Ray? Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure what that is. It's uh, I'm play oh, a little bit of it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I want a hot take. Okay. All right, let's see. take what do you think sounds very uh new agey yeah the um, yeah uh, it's not it's not horrible <laughs> my uh my father he just really enjoyed oh, this i was fuck. giving yeah i know of course <laughs> getting back into the old fever ray recently He's into some really weird lame shit yeah. it's uh i Reminds me of TV on the radio as well. Yeah, I don't know okay. if you vocally. But he also likes similar. that, um, what is that other group called? Um, is it the punk band? Is it Alt-J or something? Yeah, I love Alt-J. Yeah. That, their first album, An Awesome Wave, them. I thought it was really good. Yeah. There's stuff afterwards, yeah, I could take it or leave it. But that first album I'm into. Hmm. I'm responsible for that. What do you mean? Showed it to him. Oh yeah. no, I heard it. I heard it long before he showed it to me. Yeah, yeah. I knew a girl that was really into it. I don't That's like a common thing. A man of interesting taste. Yeah. Man, I was out uh, out dancing last night. Which take it or leave it. It is uh, COVID times. It was an outdoor space. Pretty, pretty well spaced, which was good. But a person came up to me in a leather jacket and said, have you decided on who you're voting for, for municipal city council? So mm-hmm. We have a municipal mm-hmm. election in our city. And uh, it was interesting to see somebody networking in the nightlife scene, I guess. And his yeah. platform was, will increase nightlife in this ward, blah, blah, blah. Don't know how he's going to do it, but... 
the second thing was addiction and like drug supply issues, which I thought was pretty cool to see somebody running on that because fentanyl's really fucking up uh, a lot of people in Western Canada. For sure, but it was uh, it was interesting. I guess that's how you folks gotta, get their name out. You gotta I go guess. to where your pin. demographic is. Yeah, and pretty good demographic is a younger dude, which seems to be common in the people running around here. Mm, that's good. Yeah, younger faces, which is nice to see people getting involved. But I got a pin. Couldn't uh, couldn't pass up. Who the was pin. the candidate? Uh, Josh. So you can't remember somebody. their name. No, I, I've got the pamphlet. I'll know the name on the... So are you going to go vote for them? I might. I need to look more into their platform. But I do think the addiction issue is important. I don't know how they're going to manage that, but we'll look into it. I just thought it was cool to see somebody networking like that. You got to grind. Yeah, I suppose so. Even if it is at a outdoor dance party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we're ever going to get back to uh, normal dancing and going out after all this, this COVID stuff? Not me. Not ye. Nope. No. I think there's a certain population that is very ready to do that. And very then, ready to get out? Yeah. And yeah. just kind of ignore what may oh, be going hell yeah. on around. That's, what, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. It's, uh, um, you know what? I just wasn't into going out before. That's true. I've never been into going out. Yeah. Um, I'm fine, like, in terms of, like, house parties or that kind of shit. But going to, like, a club, mm, not really my thing. No. And they're really compact. A lot of people. Yeah, and, like... Shoulder to shoulder. I don't know. I like to chill, man. Yeah. A lot of those places are, like super high energy it's fucking loud as fuck <laughs> true yeah people Drink, acting drinking fool. shitty ass drinks yeah for weight a friend was charged 13 dollars for a shot of tequila last night it was heresy i'm not surprised heresy we weren't at a club it was ridiculous whatever anyway, anyway. gotta make that dollar i suppose so don't charge people 13 dollars for a shot of tequila that's wrong oh dude i'm I'm going to charge it more than that <laughs> for a single drink. Sure. Um, first time I went to Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, it was with work and it was like going to a conference and we were at this resort that was like off the strip, but it was like a big ass fucking resort and we pull up to it and Every single car that's lined up is like some exotic car, like Austin Martin, Maseratis. I'm like, what the fuck is this place? I'm like young. This like, honestly, my first like decent paying job. Yeah. Um, And whatever, checked in, blah, blah, blah. Um, Buddy that I was traveling with was like, let's meet down by the pool, have a drink. I'm like, okay. So I dropped my shit off in the room. I grabbed 20 bucks and I went down to the pool and we ordered a drink and came back and I went to pay for my drink and it was like, it's $25. For one drink? Yeah. Just like a, a, a Ryan Coke. That's ridiculous. This place was like upscale. It was, it was crazy. 
$25 for a drink. Yeah, 25 American dollars. Oh my God. Yeah. Good thing you had that one was, drink. That was no tip. Is that the norm? Uh, no, 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 no. No, definitely not. But wow. You're talking about expensive drinks. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I guess I'm not going to that place in Vegas. Yeah. No, but you want to hear something that was actually kind of cool? Yeah. It was uh, like a casino attached to it. And they had like uh, this venue, this music venue. And I don't know, somebody at the resort told me, oh, yeah, there's this cool band that plays a residency, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go check it out. You know, like so I went by myself. You know what band it was? Who? Steel Panther. Why is that familiar? Steel Panther is that like they're they're not from the 80s but they're like an 80s hair metal band yeah that do like comedy music you know about like fucking groupies and yeah doing blow off the <laughs> you know the tramp stamps of groupies sure yeah so it was these guys yeah. i never heard of them before and so i'm sitting in the back at a booth you know drinking and I'm like, oh, okay, this hair metal band is coming on. And then I start like listening to the lyrics. <laughs> anyway, it was really good. I was I had a super good time. Steel Panther, that sounds great. Yeah, Steel Panther is pretty widely known nowadays, but back then, no. Underground. Yeah, that was before they got big. <laughs> I they walked- had like uh I think they won a, a Grammy for comedy album of the year. Really? Yeah, a, a while back. Huh. Yeah. It's a, you can't forget the name. It's a great name. Yeah, sounds like an 80s hair metal band. Definitely does. I walked into a bar here one night, had no idea who was going to be there, and the Trailer Park Boys people there were there. It was ridiculous. Like which ones? Like Ricky? I was Bubbles and uh, Mr. Leahy. Oh. Yeah. You know what's funny? And they were getting that- trashed and doing stupid things well apparently mr Leahy or the guy who played mr Leahy didn't wasn't into drinking i think he was like a pretty serious dude or, yeah, like or an acting ex-alcoholic or something okay it, but you were saying he's probably was partying uh at least on stage like oh, i don't know it's an act it was definitely an act oh, yeah it's an act but uh it was just an odd thing to walk into a bar yeah and these people were on stage yeah okay. well I forget what the name of the band was, but Bubbles was in some band that had a hit song. Really? Yeah, they were really lame ass '90s <laughs> alternative band. I should look it up. And as much as I would probably normally want to not like that show, it is fucking hilarious. Oh, I I, I like the original few or four seasons. Yeah, but when it actually became popular outside of Canada, kind of changed. It things. wasn't as good. No, no. It, when it was super low budget, um, uh, you know, they had their, you know, it was always the same group of characters. Yeah. You know, what was the with Trevor and what's the other one's name? Oh fuck, I completely forget. Corey, 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 Corey Trevor, Trevor, smokes. Yeah, smokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hail from Eastern Canada, so that's especially funny when I you lived in the Ontario area at some point. Yeah. You're familiar with uh, some of those styles of people, but especially out in like Nova Scotia and that part of the the country. It's uh it's a funny kind of people. 
Yeah. It's for sure good people. But yeah, funny think, kind of people. I think that trailer park actually exists. It does. Sunnyside Trailer Park. Um the the name of the band that Bubbles was in was called Sandbox. Sandbox. I I've, I've been over this with somebody before. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. It but they had a hit in like 1996 or something. Nice. <laughs> ridiculous show my favorite character is uh j-rock j-rock inspiration yeah. for b-rock right yeah yeah j-rock j-rock indeed jonathan torrance he's pretty funny he used to do a show when this is gonna date me but when i was in high school he used to have a talk show uh and he was like probably like early 20s or you know 19 or 20 yeah and it was called jonovision it was fantastic <laughs> at least at the time it was fantastic but yeah it was on it was like a just like a an oprah type show or ellen or whatever was it serious no i mean it was no it was for it was geared at you know teenagers okay yeah yeah so it was like addressing like teenager type topics Jonavision. yeah that's pretty good yeah good show some some classic Canadian stuff. Speaking of uh, Canadians and television shows and such, Norm Macdonald. Oh, Norm. Yeah, Norm passed away. Norm everybody, Macdonald did pass away. Everybody knows about that by now, I think. Um, I was saying to you earlier, he's got like one of the best YouTube channels ever. Um, if you're into his type of comedy, which is can be kind of dry, but to me, sometimes the, the more dry it is, the funnier it is. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple of clips of him posted, uh, and there was one where he was doing Conan, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And uh, there, like, he was the first guest, and then you know when the first guest is done and the second guest comes out you switch seats you move over one seat okay and then the next guest takes the seat closest to the desk with the host yep and so they had this um this is a long time ago they had this chick from uh melrose place was a like a popular show and whatever norm basically just hijacked the interview and it was just super hilarious she was getting like super pissed off (laughs) yeah it's just like like he pretended like he had never heard of the show and they're like five seasons deep and it's like one of the most popular shows on TV. <laughs> and then, and then like towards the end of the interview, he's like, Oh, you're from Melrose place. It was like, it's just so funny. And that she, is hilarious. she didn't think it was very funny, but it was a great clip. Wasn't ready for the comedy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to get more into his older stuff. I've seen some of the newer stuff that he had on Netflix and, that noise but. oh where he's doing those those interview type shows yeah. yeah that's how a lot of his that that started on youtube okay and then yeah netflix picked it up but he's been doing that on on youtube with people for a really long time ridiculous stuff oh yeah judge judy on i was like this is fucking hilarious yeah. judge judy was pretty interesting yeah she's she's intelligent badass yeah i must say no, norm norm's one of the good ones yeah he was he was very funny So, oh, I saw before before I left to come over here. Yeah, um, I saw on Twitter that uh, Hamilton Morris posted something about this Bufo to nine, right? And something to the effect that you know, still not classified as a hallucinogen or something. And then yeah. posted some diagram that I didn't look at. 
bufotenine. Yeah, what is that? It is comes that the, from the is that the toad stuff? Yeah, it's the bufofarious oh, toad venom. But so, it's sorry, go ahead. No, no. So that's funny because I read another story this week actually about about the toads. Yeah, that um, in this part of Mexico, it's called Tulum. Okay, it's in the area like the Mayan area. Yeah. Um, this is where my dad goes to this resort twice a year. It's like right there in Tulum. Interesting. Yeah. And so now they, they have this thing where, because there's a lot, I guess there's a lot of these toads in Tulum where people are specifically going on vacation there to go and I guess they smoke it. Yeah. So the it's five MEO DMT. Yeah. But then the, I think bufotenine is a side chemical in the venom. I thought I thought it was on like their it was excreted by their skin or something. It is so like the what would be excreted would contain five meo DMT and if I'm correct here it would be as well bufo toxin or okay so what whatever derivative it would be. Hmm. Um, sorry, what was the name of it again? Bufotenine. Right. So it's five HO DMT is a tryptamine derivative oh. related to the neurotransmitter serotonin. It's an alkaloid found in some toad species, such as the Bufo alvarius toad. So yeah, instead of 5-MeO, which is the methoxy group on the DMT, it would be 5-HO, which I assume is a hydroxyl group on the DMT. It's a small chemical modification. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's got a small hydroxyl OH group instead of the... Uh, so methyl group. I don't have you. Have you ever read up on this stuff? Uh, I don't know much about. Oh. I'm taking my information from Wikipedia right now. I'm interested to know what the experience is. So, bufotenine is similar in chemical structure to psilocin. Which okay, is, mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. Experience-wise, I mean, it's a tryptamine, so it should act so is it more along the lines of like an ayahuasca or a dmt or i haven't tried 5meo and i don't know how similar this would be because it's close okay but it, i mean it's all around the same dmt hmm. molecule i wonder like how long how long the high lasts i know when you smoke 5meo it's like five to ten minutes oh so it's similar to regular but DMT. i've heard it's like nothing like dmt at all hmm. like apparently like you white out and like people think you're dying i mean you always think you're dying on enough drugs some people do at least um but i've heard with 5meo dmt like it's a whole different different thing you can buy it pharmaceutically made pretty easily like it's in canada you can buy it as a research chemical through uh, a lab in toronto but they always overcharge Sorry? They overcharge. Oh, probably. Oh, my God. Anytime I've ever looked at research chemicals, they charge way too much. Yeah. You can get way better shit, way cheaper. Definitely. By doing a little bit more work. Yeah. There's uh, a group that I have ordered from successfully out in, I think they're based somewhere around Victoria. Mm -hmm. And they're doing uh, 5-MEO DMT and regular DMT production. Pretty good. cool stuff. I'm I'm also good. <laughs> I, I mean, if there was another way to take it other than smoking it, I'd, be, saying, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be really interested to try it then. They have but, it in lozenges. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down to try that, but I'm not down to smoke it. No. It's fucking harsh as fuck. The people are doing DMT vape carts now. It's still, it's. I don't, I don't know, man. I, when I did it, it was, 
it was the, one of the harshest things I'd ever smoked. Yeah, it's. I felt like you were smoking, and it smells fucked up. Doesn't it's not good. Uh, you I know, see, like, I actually love I the felt, smell of DMT. I think oh, it smells so good. God, it, I felt like you know, if you could um, take some plastic, mix it with some some hair, and then light <laughs> light that on fire. That's probably close to what the smell is like. It There's, was bad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There's there's a certain smell to it. I don't know if it's just when it's vape or whatever, but it smells very nice. The acacia wood plant apparently has. How the, fucked up do you get from from which from the vape? I haven't tried the vape carts. Oh, I thought you had one. No, I I have like a device that vaporizes it, but gotcha. I do not have the pre-made, but I think it would be an interesting thing to try. Maybe, maybe <laughs> indeed, but bufotini. Uh, Interesting. What was Hamilton Morris saying that it hasn't been? He was saying something to the effect that, like he was surprised that it still hasn't been classified as a hallucinogen. Interesting. It should be. It's a tryptamine-based compound. If it's active in the brain, then it's probably going to be hallucinogenic. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know much about it. Neither do I. But its chemical structure is really similar to DMT. Right. It's got the. DMT letters in, in it. So. Exactly. <laughs> that indole, indole loop will get you fucked up. There's something about that certain class of chemicals interacts with the uh, 5-HT2 receptor groups, and yeah, it's the things that we love. Hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. I was talking to, uh, I think I was telling you, I was talking to my buddy today. Yeah, yeah. He was, I haven't talked to him in a while, so we were catching up, and he was asking like... Uh, do you guys still still do acid? And I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I was explaining to him about the, you know, the German acid. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, like, because I haven't dropped acid with him for probably like, geez, 15, 20 years. Wow. Honestly. Um, and back then, like this acid that we were getting back then was like somebody was making it with, you know, as probably like household chemicals. Yeah, not good. Yeah. And so like when you take it, you you know, you'd have a really lot of pain in your back on the on the way out. You wouldn't feel good the next day, blah blah blah. So yeah. I was explaining to him, I was like, this new shit <laughs> is so fucking <laughs> so fucking clean that you actually feel better the next day. And he was like, no fucking way. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not lying to you. You, you will feel better the next day. Oh, fuck. That's and he so was good. like blown away by that. So <laughs> it's more of a vitamin. Maybe over the winter we'll get him in for a sesh. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. It'd be a riot. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll have him on the cast sometime. He, too. Said he, he also said that he's making oil. He's still, I, I think. Like cannabis oil? Yeah. He still has, he's still growing his own. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, he said he made a bunch of oil. He made. Um, what was the process that he used? Um, he was doing some with butane and some with grain alcohol. Cool. And he, he was doing some process through um, pressure cooker by the sounds of it. Anyway, he said that the the oil will get you really fucked up. I was like, oh, damn. yeah. Whip the oil will get you Whip really fucked out. up. Yeah. I like to use coconut oil. When I'm making it, I find that's a great. No, carrier. no, no. He's we're talking about smoking oil. Sorry, oh, not, not, no, not, I, I should have known. Not the eating butane. oil. 
Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's very an old, very old school. You guys thing. are very old school like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I love me some good oil. And good oil. Yeah. Some but it's, I mean, like I'm enjoying a, a vapor. Well, this cart. is what I forgot to ask him is because he he quit smoking cigarettes. You know, is this recently? Just, no, no. He quit years, a couple years before I did. Um, he, he, yeah, so he's, I don't know, he must be smoking it through a pipe or something because, you know, when you roll an oil joint, you got to use tobacco. It's not like you're going to mix weed. What's the fucking, you're kind of defeating What's the, the purpose. point. There's only so stoned one can get. No, no, I'm just saying like if, why, if you're smoking oil to get high then, and you have weed, why don't you just smoke the weed? Why do you have to, you know what I mean? Unless you're looking for a special, special treat. A little special treat. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you're smoking it on the regular. Stick to the oil or the You're going to end up smoking way more than you normally do. Yeah. yeah, you've always been in that camp, even with different kinds of weed, is have one at a time. Whereas, I, I do that because I like to know how much I have. That's very fair. Yeah, I don't like to run out. I like to plan in advance. <laughs> so, yeah. If I open, one at a time helps. If I open an ounce, I usually finish it. And then I'm like, yeah, I still got one in the bag. So I'm good. I've got small amounts of a bunch of different kinds of weed sitting around. I did have that. But then I just smoked it all. Yeah, that's fair. There's nothing stopping me. Yeah. Other than uh, time and effort. What's funny is I found a a quarter of uh, Popeye's the other day. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the letters were on it. I want to say it said DD. Hmm. I don't know what kind that was, but it was dry as fuck, obviously. I would say it was. It was like probably like a year old. More than that, it's got to be. We haven't bought from that person in forever. Shit, that's true. Several years old. COVID really passed the time. Yeah. That year just flew by. I'm sure you're all in the same boat. Yeah. Popeye's is a long time ago now. How the Time Fades Away. Another great Neil Young album. Which one? I think it's Time Fades Away. I think. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Might be totally wrong in the name. Time fades away. I'm not familiar with that one. Really? I'm going to throw in a song. It'll be a nice, uh, a nice fade away, if you will. Neil's got so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to check out that box set. I do. Yeah, the album is Time Fades Away from 1973. Damn, how do I not know about this? Um, I'm going to throw what on... Are the, what are the tracks on it? First one is Time Fades Away. Oh, okay. Second one is Journey Through the Past, mm-hmm. Yonder Stands the Sinner, hmm. L.A., Love and Mind, Don't Be Denied, The Bridge, and the song I'm about to play, Last Dance. Hmm. I don't think I know any of these songs, which is crazy. I'm going to have to listen to this. Dance. 
time left to say goodbye. Fantastic album. Yeah, I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, for this, sure. Is this a crazy horse album? Uh, it matches up with the time frame for sure. Yeah, They're sounds, not listed. Like it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just a live set, the whole album. Hmm. But uh cool. my buddy Dev showed me that years ago, and it's always been one of uh one of my favorites. Classic Neil. When he was still a little bit fucked up. Some of my favorite Neil Young. What do you mean fucked up? Neil Young was into the drugs. Yeah. Not like what? What kind of drugs? I don't have confirmatory evidence, so I don't want to speak ill of Neil. Yeah, but uh, in he wasn't into too many crazy drugs, from what I know. I think he was into the cocaine. Oh, maybe. I mean, he was knocking around with Dave Crosby, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, all those people. Yeah. The I last thought, waltz. I you were like talking about like some addict shit. I've always kind of seen Neil Young as that way in like his his earlier no, he years. Definitely is not, not. You don't think so, dude? The needle and the damage done. Yeah, that's what I've always thought about. Is yeah, he's who's not, Neil singing about? He's singing about people around him. Yeah, yeah. That that's his wake up call. In the last waltz, okay, on his performance of Helpless, he comes out and there's definitely a bunch of like white stuff in his nostril. Oh, I'm not saying he didn't do coke. I'm just saying like. He's not like out there killing himself. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's, I don't know. I don't know what you consider to be a atypical addict, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always looked at Neil grungy, you sure. know, yeah, hurting a little bit, especially yeah. at that time frame. I like the the grit in his voice. Nice. Whatever, whatever the reasoning is behind it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Be interesting to know if he's was into chemicals at one point i could and this is all speculation on my point my part i could be wrong folks but that's what i think anything else you want to bring up for the folks there jp Mm, nothing i can't wait all right well thank you for joining us uh for another week guys we'll see you soon yeah have a good week